Can't even hold it together, can you? I'm here to set you free, people. That's right. Miriam Tazi. Malcolm Riddle. Ooh. That's what's up. <laughs> That's how we used to jam back in the day. No wonder you still like really hard beats because of this. <laughs> she can't hold it together, people. And yes, welcome to another episode of American Riddle. We're breaking it down today. I had to do the tut. I had to do the tut. Uh oh. Uh oh. Isn't that like also? Whoop, there it is. This is the original. That's when you break it down beats. like this. <laughs> He's doing the robot. He no, that's the not the robot. robot. It's like a slow version oh. of the running man. Oh. <laughs> Could you imagine? The slow motion of running. Here we go. Yeah, this is the original of Whoop, there it is. The beat. One of them. Whoop, there it is. It's- Really? So many different sounds. So much going on on the synthesizer. I'm just giving you guys a little taste. I'm taking you back. (laughs) That's when brothers used to be on the ones and twos and we're just mixing it up. You know what I mean? You're just in the vinyl and you're just laying it down. Layering. Very, I was going to say, it's very layered. That's what it does, Mary and Tazi. It, does, it puts me into a special place, and I hope that we put you in a special place. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, like I said, off to the next. Actually, it's on to the next. Not off to the next. <laughs> I can't get it you together. yourself. Do you feel it? You don't feel it like I feel it. I don't, yeah, this is, there's a lot of good beats, there's a lot going on. I don't know who, to, I don't know. Man, this used to, this stuff used to be the way they did it. So this is, this is off of an old school, I just Googled uh, mixtape, hip hop mixtape in, uh, in, uh, on YouTube. This, oh. is, this is what comes up. What are you talking about? You're hearing things, aren't you? I did hear, I didn't yeah. know if it was the, it's music. Part the music. Okay. It's part of the jam. It's part of the jam. So yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I'd bring in a little, you know, take it back a little bit. I need it, man. I need some of this stuff in my life. They, they don't do stuff like this on radio anymore. No. 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 They can't get that creative. They it's can't. It's just a different, it's different. I don't even know if, like, I, I barely listen to the radio today, but at night on the weekends, there used to be, like, live, the DJ would be at the club, and they would be, like... They do that still here, like, uh, I think, uh, in Washington, D.C. area, WPGC, and then, um, I think the other one's 93.9, yeah. 95.5. I know Al B.D. on, on I think he's 95.5. I think he does an old-school mix similar to this, but uh, this is just a little bit more flavor. It, you know, because we, I remember in, in Michigan, we had two DJs that were really taking it to the next level. On WJLB, we had the Wizard. The Wizard used to bring it. And then in Saginaw, we had the Boogie. And we, we would straight up just be, be lined up, just waiting by our radios to hit record. You hear that, people? I'm going to turn this, pot that down a little bit. I can let it keep playing. Still the same song? No, it's just a conti- it's a, it, no, it just, just goes a on. You get ninety minutes of just just pure pleasure. 
So yeah, they don't they don't they There's don't really stations actually that you can find that you can stream that do that stuff and people put stuff on the cloud. They don't yeah. get they don't get down like that anymore. Mm, you can find it. You can you can find. I think they call them uh, what do they call? It? They don't call them mix mix tapes anymore. Mashups. I think that's what they called now. I sound mm. old as hell, <laughs> don't I? Mm. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so on the program today, I think we're gonna we're gonna have a caller call in. So that's good, right? We got Sam Riddle calling in. He's going to be checking in from Detroit, as far as I know, unless he cancels. But uh, he should be calling in. We're going to see what's going on in Detroit. Also, what's been going on in Baltimore. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've been keeping up? A little bit. A little bit? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, they've been, they've been raising, raising hell. Yeah. So uh, we're going we're gonna, to you know, get down with that. And uh, let's see. Uh, we went, uh, my son and I, we went to... We went to see a film yesterday. Let's just open up and let me just talk about a couple films. Let me get those out of the way. Okay. Uh, so I went to go see a movie called, uh, what was it called? Little Boy. How do I turn? I still hear music. I there we too. go. There you go. Um, saw a movie called Little Boy uh, about, uh, sounds like a family movie. You know, this weekend coming out, we got the Avengers coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, you got uh, the Hulk, Thor. Who's the other guy that's in Avengers? Captain America. Oh, yeah. Iron Man. Mm. You know what I mean? All the usual suspects. Getting Big together. jam-packed CGI explosive movie. If you if you don't want to see that, you guys should go see Little Boy. It's a, it's a family movie. Uh, it's about... Let me just pull it up. I lost the page I was on. Uh, it's about an eight-year-old boy who's willing to do whatever it takes at the end of... Of World War II, WW2, mm. the big one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, he, he does whatever it takes just so he can get his dad home. His dad gets recruited, shipped off, middle of nowhere, starring uh, Michael Rappaport. You mm. know what I mean? Of the I Am Rappaport podcast mm. that I listen to. And, of course, you've seen him uh, most recent in Justified. Uh, he's been in a lot of movies, like one of my favorites, True Romance, where he played Dick Ritchie. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. Uh, but uh, he, Where is this based? What, the film? Mm-hmm. In the U.S. Oh. Why? I don't know. After World War II, I was wondering if it was like... Well, it's, dur- it's during World War, II, War, World War II at the height of it, I think. I think it's set. It's, it's a really good film. It's uh, directed by a guy named Alejandro... Monteverdi, I guess I, that's how you pronounce his name. I, I, someone else could pronounce it better than me. But <laughs> holy mackerel! I didn't know what to expect from the movie. I, I googled it. You guys can Google it. Google the trailer. Look it up. Okay. Little boy. I'm not going to play it, but uh, it's it's basically in a nutshell. Uh, uh, it's being described as a faith based movie, a spiritual movie, if you will. Mm-hmm. Which, for some reason, I think a lot of critics or a lot of people. Uh, that uh, critique films of that nature always kind of pan it, you know mm. what I mean? Because it's faith based. Uh, but I mean, if you look at everything in a whole that we do on a daily basis, what the hell isn't faith based? Everything is faith. It, it's the faith that you have in your friends, in your family, and most importantly, the faith that you have within yourself to get up and keep moving forward. Yeah. Right, that's what I took away from this film. Okay. The, the the child is is eight years old, and he's a phenomenal actor. He's he's amazing. Uh, I'll see if I can pull up his name. I got a lot of stuff open right now. I can't see. Um, is this his film debut? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But 
he's just a, he's just a kid, and man, can he act! He carries the whole movie. Michael Rappaport plays his dad, okay. uh, James uh, Busby, and uh, his the the film opens up. It opens up as a father and son relationship. So right there, you already got me. You know what I mean? It's 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 weird you because out with your son, yeah, That's it's, cute. it's weird because I, I've said this before how. Uh, after becoming a, a parent, a father, uh, I, I found that I was softened up a little bit in, in certain areas. That's and good. This being one of them, it's uh, it's just touching because the way the film opens, it's, it shows them going out, playing, uh, you know, doing it, you know, just sports to running around, getting the ice cream together, going to the movies, going to the uh, going to a uh, a magic show together. Just everything they they did was bonded. And the son just totally looked up to the the father, and it it showed that like in the first three or four minutes of the film, mm-hmm. right? And it was just so touching. Uh, I didn't again when I saw the trailer, I was like, ah, you know, I'm gonna check it out. It's good, clean family fun. I didn't know it was gonna be as dramatic as it was. Oh. I mean, it was it was a touching film, a very moving film. It was an emotional roller coaster of a film. <laughs> so if you guys go to see this, like I said. If you're looking for a film that is kind of a throwback to the old days of of, of movie making, good like a, a something you'd see on a Saturday matinee, it's, you're not going to get The Godfather. You're not going to get uh, you know you know uh, what do you call it Saving Private Ryan or anything like that. This is not that type of uh, war based film. It's about relationships. Okay. Period. Hmm. And and the faith that that moves and guides and bonds those relationships. Uh, you have uh, a, a relationship with um, uh, your heroes, your superheroes as a child. In this case, it's a guy named Ben Eagle. He's a magician. Ben mm. Eagle. You know what I mean? You, you, know, you don't get many Bens these days, huh? Or magicians. Uh, ben Eagle is a magician that uh, uh, that the, uh, the 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 boy in the film. What's the, what's the boy's name? I can't find that. Ben Eagle, blah, 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 blah. Like the characters? Name? Yeah. Here it is. Okay. His, uh, Jacob Salavati is the actor. Mm-hmm. He, pl- he plays Pepper Flint uh, Busby. And Pepper Flint? Yeah, yeah. Pepper Flint. I didn't catch up on that at first, but they spell Flint F L Y N T, AKA Little Boy, because he was small. He was like, uh, he, he was born tiny. And he never really oh. grew. So that's his nickname that everyone gave him, from his dad to the kids in the street to, to, to uh, you know his friends, his family. Everyone called him Little Boy. Very tiny, but a big heart. And uh, he, um, he is uh, captivated with this magician named Ben Eagle. Um, and then it goes into all of his other influences in his life, like his dad, his uh, – there's a priest, his brother – there's a, a, I guess a, uh, uh, a, a quote unquote foreigner in the film, and what I mean by that is you're at the height of World War II, where mm-hmm. the Japanese had just bombed Pearl Harbor. So at that time, there was so much um, hatred towards anyone that wasn't, you know, didn't look like quote unquote you, meaning the characters in there, white, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, the usuals, usual suspects. Uh, Everyone was catching hell about that time, uh, but uh, yeah, if you were if you were Japanese at that time in America, you were, you know, you were rounded up and you were 
you know, taken in and they put you in camps. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it's still tough. It's still tough out here. I mean, yeah. the, the camps now are called the hood, the ghetto, you know what I mean? And it's still going on, but we'll save that for later. Mm. In this film, uh, there's uh, a couple scenes where the, uh, the father has to, not a couple, but one scene where he has to go and serve his country. You know okay. what I mean? He's shipped off yeah. to the island. You know what I mean? Goes to war. Mm-hmm. And the son just, I mean, he, he doesn't want his dad to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they've already established they're tight. Yep. Right? And there's a scene where Michael Rappaport, who plays the dad, is getting ready to get on the bus. And the boy's crying. And it's so real. And mm-hmm. it's so sad. Like, we had... N- I had no idea it was going to be this much of an emotional roller coaster. And the boy is crying. And the dad promised he'd be back on a certain day, right? So dad ships off. The boy's waiting for his dad to come back on a certain day. That day comes, no. Does not come back, Mm -mm. man. It's the heartbreaker of the year. No. Hands down. The boy goes out. His dad liked these cowboy boots. You can't be given dates like that, you know? Kids his, remember. His dad gave like these cowboy boots, and they were going and look at these store in the store and look at these boots. And his dad wouldn't buy them. He goes, not yet, son. Not yet. And then, uh, so he was, the, the, the boy worked all summer and saved up. So Aww. when his dad returned from the army, he'd get the boots. Aww. They would go to the, uh, the magic show together. He got two tickets. His dad didn't show up. So heartbreaking, man. That was the that was the first, but it was that that one wasn't so bad to what's you know what's coming, uh, and 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 like I said, the film itself it it dives into you know faith and 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 being spiritual and all that, but it's more so on just belief, the fundam, fundamental. So it's not preachy. It is preachy, but uh-huh. but not for for me personally. It, you know, it's again, it's not a flawless film. But you know, if you have if you have any heart or soul, you'll you'll like this film. I mean, okay. it's 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 very moving and very very gripping and very touching of a, a story of a son and 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 father relationship, and also how it affected his family. The father being away from the family structure mm-hmm. and how that impacted the boy and the way he saw things. There was scenes in the movie where the boy started to started to retreat. And started to act out in anger mm. toward uh, uh, the the Japanese character in the town, mm. and started doing hateful, vindictive things to him because he was he was being led down the wrong path. Mm. He was being influenced by other characters within the film, and this is what happens with the family structure breaks apart like that, and your faith is challenged. Now, I'm not saying Christianity or I'm not saying, um, you know, uh, any religious faith, just, just in general, your, you know, your ability to connect with other people. Sometimes that gets challenged and that's what I took away from it. You could say because the priest was Catholic, you know, it's basically making that connection. But, uh, uh, at the end of the day, it's the, the, the true connection is the human connection, how we are all connected to one another on this planet. And at times at your weakest time, you know, and a lot of times it happens in your youth at your weakest time, you can be challenged and do the wrong thing. I mean, look at Baltimore, Mm. you look at Baltimore, what's going on with some of the kids in the streets today. And like I said, we'll get into that later. Uh, but, uh, you know, in this case, he, uh, 
he is challenged, uh, you know, his faith is challenged, but he, he's, he's steadfast and he, he thinks he has these powers to control and to manipulate time and space to pull things, bring things toward him. <laughs> and uh, he believes that. But I didn't know the movie was going to be as sad. Aww. I mean, there was there was a time when my son and I, I'm not kidding, the last quarter of the fucking, the, the last quarter of the movie, I lie to you not, we didn't look at each other. <laughs> we looked straight ahead because we didn't want to see each other crying. I was bawling, literally sobbing in the movie. And we looked at each other straight ahead and we were taking deep breath. <sighs> All you could hear was breath. <sighs> and and then my son put the blinders up like a horse. So he wouldn't look so I couldn't see the tears coming down his face. He had his both of his hands up by his eyes. That's so looking cute. straight ahead. We were literal. It's the saddest Aww. film. I'm gonna cry now. It That's really cute. is, man. It, it's it's it, it it comes together at the end. I'm not gonna give anything away, but at the same time, ugh, it, there, there's a, a lot of sadness within the last. I pretty much, you know, the whole film. It, it is a feel good movie to some greater or lesser degree, but at the same time, it 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 mirrors what's going on today and our prejudices that we have uh, based out of anger and fear and how our faith is challenged and how a lot of times we are unable to see what's in front of us, which is, you know, the love we have for our friends, family, countrymen, and people that are not from this country. So, I mean, you got to, uh, you got to open your eyes. So, you know, I, I give it a thumbs up. I mean, if you want to see something, like I said, if you want to say, take something, if you don't want to sit in lines this weekend, you know what I mean? Mm. You don't want to be in the mob watching it, the it Avengers and the loud rumbling movie theaters. Uh, you know, go 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 support this little film. It's uh, it's 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 quite the story, and uh, you'll get a lot out of it. And it's it's, it's good to cry sometimes. Aww. It's good to get it out of your system. So, um, if you need a good cry, yeah. And speaking of what's going on, you know, in in uh, you know, I hit hit the subject about Baltimore and what's been going on uh, uh, there. I think uh, we're gonna see if we can get Sam Riddle on the phone, and he's gonna he's been on the show before. Sam Riddle, aka my pops. There you go. Let's uh, let's see if we can get him on the blower and see what his thoughts are about what's going on in Detroit and Baltimore. That was loud. <laughs> Malcolm, I'm eating. We have to delay in a couple of minutes. All right. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Well? Yeah, you can hear me? I'll call you back. All right. Hope you can hear me. All right. This is where I guess I got to pause it. I told him 2.30. I mean, how many... <laughs> how many times? I think times? that happened last time, too. Seriously? <laughs> Is he driving? Is he always driving like you? Well, he he do, always sounds look, like he's he, with driving with the window down and like the talking phone out up of, in. Talking out of a tin can. <laughs> I want to get this in one take, okay? I don't want to be like, you know, up at night. That's another thing, man. It's like, I've been thinking about the podcast and its future and just like, you know, I, I do. I just want to do stuff in one take where I don't have to... You know, I'm not going to go back. I listen to some podcasts and I can tell when they're editing stuff or when they're stopping or they're layering it. I just want to get to a point no different than 
the radio shows of old when, uh, you know, when they do something and it's just one take, you know, no matter what the error is, I want the listeners to, to experience that raw production, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to leave this in cause it's just, I mean, <laughs> damn, two <laughs> thirty. it's granted it's two thirty one, but <laughs> you called exactly at two thirty too. Well, it's a time schedule, too. I know I have to be somewhere, and, you know, it's just, uh, you know. It's all good. It's not the end of the world. You're yeah, so sweating. pissed right now. <laughs> no, it's it's not that big of a deal. But come on. Uh, I don't want to have to go back and splice stuff. I, I will. It's not, you know, the end of the world if I do. I just like to get things done to where the show is up. And uh, it is what it is, mm. uh, you know, and a couple other things like within the podcast, I've, uh, you know, when I, when I post these podcast episodes, it's it takes a little bit of time because you, you got to go through the server, the FTP manager, you got to upload the audio that takes time to compress. You have to compress it through the, the software, then compress, compress it into the iTunes, then you have to go onto the web server and you have to manage that. And then on top of that, I got to write it up and I'm always talking about myself in the third fucking person. And I, I'm going to stop. Like, have you ever read the descriptions? Yeah. I got to write these things, right? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm writing them about Malcolm. I'm Malcolm. You know how confusing, confusing that is? Oh, Malcolm today talks about (laughs) what, what type of madman does that? Why don't I just write Today uh, I talk about. I don't know, but now you started in third person. You got to keep it consistent, right? No, I can just stop. Because someday one, someday one person that won't be you will do it, and they will write. Who cares, them. man? <laughs> then just put just I. Too much. It's too much. This is what we talk. You or maybe I should put up. nothing. You know, this is the podcast today. This is the title. No, you Listen need a teaser. It. It's a teaser. It works. <sighs> you don't do the pictures anymore. You got to do the like. No one the, the, the description. Pictures, man. People want to know, like, you know, I look at know. descriptions when I look at podcasts. I'll be like, hmm, who, who is on there? Or, you know, what are we talking about? What are the themes? Yeah, I guess. Of course. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes I get so frustrated. So it's just like, oh, what the hell? You know, I got to write this out and figure out. I gotta, did I really talk about? Sometimes I forget <laughs> what I talked about. Then after I post, I'm like, oh, I just remembered. I should have put that, that in for a teaser. But That's what good. are you going to do? So before we talk to your dad, how do you feel about what's going on in Baltimore? Oh, hell's breaking loose. You know what I mean? All hell's breaking loose. Which hell's been breaking loose from for four hundred years. This that this is the thing. This is the thing that uh, America, and I would say, I I can comfortably say white America, but America. It could be people from different different areas of the U.S., different areas of the world that live here now, and when they see uh uh black people um running around looting breaking things they're not they're not breaking i think i talked about this in the last show they're not just breaking things just for the sake of breaking yeah you're going to have people that are doing it but this this is an anger that's built up for a long time you know what i mean and it's it's going it's going to keep going from city to city to city I have a, I do have an issue with it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like condoning this type of behavior, but I, I know where that anger comes from. 
Only thing is, I'm an older man now. Whereas when I was in my teens and early 20s, I had a lot of frustration and anger that I inherited. And you have to understand, it is inherited. You pick it up from your parents and their parents and from what you see from that's happening in your neighborhoods that you can't do nothing about. And you just want to scream. You know, I've known people that, that, that have been modern day lynched. I, I know, I've known people that have been locked up uh, for long stretches of time for minor offenses. Where someone who isn't a person of color would get locked up and received a minor offense. So, I mean, this stuff's been going on for a long time and and uh it's coming to a head because you like i said right now you have brothers and sisters out there and i've talked about this on the show before where they have more freedom and they know it and they know they're going to express it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i've complained about it like you know i've you've heard me say we have a little bit too much freedom going on up in this camp you know (laughs) what i mean i've heard you say this (laughs) but at the same you have to understand what i'm what i mean by that also is is they're not afraid. So today they're throwing rocks. You know what I mean? And those cops are scared, man. You know, I know some, I know some brothers in the hood. They got more than rocks. You know, I've seen brothers with grenades. I've seen brothers with, with, with some twisted stuff. And, uh, granted that stuff isn't going to pop off like that, but at least I hope. And I, and again, I don't, I don't condone it, but I, I understand the anger and frustration. I think what's really happening here is that some of these quote unquote leaders are not effectively getting the message out there. And you have to understand the leaders of the past, they're not the same leaders of today. You know what I mean? You, 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 when you, whereas before you had, you had MLK, you had Michael, I mean, uh, 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 Malcolm X, you know, you had uh, at one time, Reverend Jesse Jackson uh, and, and, you had these leaders that wore the suits, but now those suits have been traded in for hoodies and tennis shoes, and they're standing on stage rapping, singing, you know what I mean? They're in the end zones. They're hitting home runs. They're on the comedy circuit. These mm-hmm. people, whether they like it or not, are this century's leaders. civil rights leaders. They have to... And some of them are stepping up, but they really need to mobilize and organize and get actively involved within the community. Not posting something from their comfortable living room, bitching and complaining and saying, stop doing this. You know what I mean? I mean, getting out there in the streets, going to the neighborhoods. That's what that's what need, I'm not saying I, now that may and be hap- that may be happening. I don't know, but that needs to happen. Um, uh you know, now and, what's going to motivate people to to do that and go into the communities? Because I was talking about this with nothing the other day. because it's not it, because it's it, the the risk is yeah. so great and it out it's too it, risky it, to it, go into it, other it outweighs their fame. You know what I mean? It could, but it really it it some some and you it's hard because you can't really discredit or discount some of the people within the community. You know what I mean? When you saw the 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 adults come out, the 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 people in Baltimore, and they stood in front of the police. You know what I mean? Uh, it's there, and the information is there, and and the way to connect to people is there. But so is that frustration, and everything can pop off 
in a minute, in a blink of an eye. You know what I mean? It's a uh, it's a very touchy, sensitive uh, time and subject. Uh, there, uh, and I don't think there's one specific answer, but one thing is for sure: there there needs to be leadership because right now you're having. Uh, so much anger and frustration and you're just you're just r- running on raw emotion mm-hmm. and and you need some guidance you need structure you need workshops on how to demonstrate yeah, so that change actually does happen for and, sure and not like, only that not only that you need to you, you need to understand that you're at war okay if you're if I was you're going to say this is kind of the beginning of a revolution if you're a person revolution. of color if you're a person of color you are make no mistakes about it you are at war right now and it's you've been at war. You've been at war since the first slaves came off of the 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 uh, the, the boat. You know what I mean? Was 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 taken, and you were you were brought here and landed in in Jamestown. You know what I mean? You you were sixteen nineteen was was when the uh, slavery began here, and you were at war then. Period. So when you're at war, what do you do? You need to you need to have a war strategy, and there's no strategy. This is why you see rocks being thrown. You should have. I think the long and short, if someone was to organize a campaign, a campaign, I think that you you would have waves to immobilize uh, the financial districts so that uh, your impact would resonate within that community, meaning. You're going to shut down. You're going to the, the whole point of 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 uh, one of the points should I say of of marching and demonstrating is so your voice is heard. Well, when in you say numbers. campaign, you mean a political campaign? Or no, I mean, mean you've got groups of people that are campaigning to put an end to uh, the uh, 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 the oppression that is being led uh, right in front of our eyes by the people of authority. They could be cops, they could be politicians, they could be CEOs. Makes no difference to me what mask they wear, but it's going on, right? Think that it's not going on. So that you you definitely need to have a a a, a team of leaders in pl- in place that is organized and educated on how to demonstrate on how to protest in an effective manner. And you should have a campaign that's out there that comes in waves, meaning your first campaign is the demonstration, right? Go out there, just like you would chess pieces. And you have the people come out and demonstrate and protest, tie up traffic, you know what I mean? Stay for X amount of hours. Then you regroup. Then you send the second wave. The first wave should be older adults. Older adults are less likely to throw rocks and stuff. You know what I mean? They ain't got the, the joints. You can't do, you're, you, you know, you, hundreds, thousands of them out there. You can do it. You can organize it. The youth make up what? They're buying Jordans. They're buying McDonald's. They're going to Target. They're going to Walmart. They're going, they're getting their nails done at their salons. They're, 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 they're getting their hair done. They're doing all these different things. Shut it down. You you find you 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 strategically map out in your neighborhood in your community who are the people that have your best interests at play and that's where we're going to shop for the next sixty days, right? That's the campaign. That's what you have to implement, right? 
Yeah, it sounds good. It's just who wants to take that oh, role? It's, well, it's it's a lot. It's <clears> a lot. And I'm not saying it's not going on, but if you have it in waves, the youth, the youth are connecting. Today, pop culture does fund so many things across the world on a global scale, and you're able to connect. If you if you pull up, uh, I don't know. I was I was looking at a couple people on. Uh, on online today on how many followers they have on Instagram and how many followers this person has on Twitter. Mm. So many people have 6 million, <laughs> you know what I mean? 15 million, you know, even if you have 50,000, I mean, that is, that is a, a, a serious bank of minds that you can put in play. Uh, and like I said, the, the Kevin Hart's, the TI's, um, you know, the Dr. Dre's of the world. All these cats are in every city, Rock Him. All these cats are in every city on a weekly basis, but you have to get them involved. Now, again, the, the question, like you said, what's in it for them? What would, would, would they, you know, but you have to look long term, okay? There's, there's so many, so many times over. Over the- but okay, you're talking celebrities, right? <clears throat> because they are they have more power, like in terms of their following and all of that stuff. I get that, but in that's celebrities. You know, there are certain celebrities. No, that the celebrities go- need to work hand in hand with the community, the community activists. Yeah, but within a community, you know, mm-hmm. what makes people in those richer communities go to the less rich communities and actually like see it and try to do something within their greater community to help each other. Well, it's the same same reason why people... Like uh, here, go, we're in Northern Virginia in D.C. You know what I mean? We're not very far. There's certain p- places here, you know, just that could use help, you know? And I've been bitching about it since I started Vienna, this podcast. Don't go there. You know what I I'm, mean? I've been talking about this since I started the podcast. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all about tackling homegrown issues. But it's the same thing. Why does somebody go to Africa? Why does somebody go anywhere in the world to help out? You know what I mean? Even if it's just one person, what drives them? You know what I mean? Their faith, their belief in mankind, in the betterment of mankind, that area. So that's what you have to do. You have to reach out and connect. Yeah, you might have, you know, I, I might have a thousand friends on, on 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 Facebook or something like that. Maybe I might get one person. You know what I mean? Just like this podcast. Maybe I might get 10 people or 20 people. 30 people, you got to grow it. And it's, it's a movement over time. Unfortunately, today, we want results instantly. We want everything instantly. And we want it for ourselves. But we have to unlearn all that. There has to be a, 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 an awakening. Um, and uh, I think this is definitely that. It might not be the, the prettiest picture, but uh, uh, like I said in the beginning, there are things that I know if you're on the outside looking in, you're like, why are they burning their communities down? Why do thugs, as they they deem us, thugs? I'm not going to say there might not. There are probably thugs in that audience, in that group that are doing things. But uh, the majority of the people out there, they're, they're frustrated. They're misguided. They're young. And uh, uh, they're fed up. And, and, and we need to educate them before we... Uh, you know, before we condemn them, because uh, we've already uh, we, uh, meaning the people of authority, not myself, uh, have uh, condemned them for hundreds of years. I mean, this has been going on. This isn't nothing that's going on is new. Mm-mm. Nothing is this going on is new. 
Everyone just chooses to live within their community and go on with their life. You know what I mean? And whatever makes them feel better, they do it. So if they want to donate to, uh, uh, you know, some, something going on overseas or, or, yeah, if it's not in your face, you just, you know, but no, because it's them. And, And you have to understand the way the media, the media, uh, portrays African-Americans. A lot of times, yes, I, I admit it. We don't do ourselves any favors in some instances and in many things that go, go on. But you have to look at the history of uh, the, uh, the history of black people in America. And there's, there's never been a period of time where we've had the, uh, the the same opportunities to grow, to develop, and uh, um, uh, you know to to be to have the same uh, uh, opportunities as other people within this uh, country that aren't of color. Yeah, they can say, "Oh, you got You have a black president now," or "Oh, you know, what I mean, that was uh, four hundred years ago," and "Oh, One that was the past." Out of you know, <laughs> no, 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 like... no, no, no. It's it's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, what I mean, and I, I almost liken it to the sacking of Baghdad. If you look at the the history of Islam. In America, I'm not in America, but throughout the world, it's been hit and destroyed. The the civilizations of Islam uh, have been hit and destroyed so many times and left in ruins. It's not had a chance to develop and and become what it could be. If you take something like Christianity, you know what I mean, where it's had time to uh, evolve over time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Specifics, and those are different conversations, but they're they're parallels. If you don't have, if if decade after decade you're being hit, you're being bombed. You know what I mean? You're being you're being oppressed. It's something every decade. There's something right. How can you grow under those circumstances? How can you develop? How can you evolve? You got to start over all the time, <clears throat> but it also builds that anger and that frustration, which is tons good. of it. It's tons of it. It's yeah. yeah. The guidance you talk about is, it is key, but it's also very, it, you got to find the right leader, you know, well, the leaders, really, the leaders, the leaders begin, but I like the idea of like, you know, the leaders People begin in the public eye and yeah. stuff like that. You know, you are a, um, I'm supposed to be a model citizen. You know, no, instead mean? of instead of posting pictures of your Rolex, instead of posting pictures of, of, of there s- are certain celebrities of that sacks do of that, cash, though. instead of posting pictures of, of Lamborghinis, instead of posting pictures of, of women in well, keep the women in bikinis, but <laughs> instead of posting pictures of uh, of stuff yes. like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, start posting. Relevant stuff, dates, times, where can we meet? Where can we get together and have demonstration workshops, protesting workshops, education? You know what I mean? And sometimes, yeah, it takes a celebrity to get the people there. You have to dangle something shiny to get the the masses in. But uh, uh, it's important. And I'm sure like you have, you know, brothers like Common. And and other celebrities that are out there, and they're 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 in the streets, and they're uh, they're, they're they're definitely using their celebrity to for the betterment I of with a lot people of, them of with color. The UN and stuff for sure. It was definitely part of it's it. It's frustrating but. just because uh, when you watch the news and you see the things that are going on, it's uh, you know 
of course you can always point the finger and condemn the people that are throwing the rocks. But why are they throwing rocks? They're not just throwing rocks to throw rocks. You know what I mean? They're not just just going into to businesses and burning businesses down just because they want to. They don't want to burn businesses down. Okay. No, it's they don't like a want. Statement. They don't want to uh, uh, be destructive. They want the same things you and I want. Just, they want to. They want a chance. Yeah. They want to be heard. Exactly. They want to be counted. They want the you know, oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you have opportunities. You have a, a black president. Yes. You have. You know what I mean? There are a lot. There, People see through the bullshit now, okay? Yeah, because they're yeah. living it day to day and suffering through it. Yeah. You know. So that's the thing. There's a lot of like talk, but you know, time is still going on, and there's still a lot of people. And and it doesn't so. always take a, a celebrity. It, uh, parents, parents need to be accountable. And then uh, the other argument is, oh well, the dads leave, and oh blah 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 blah. We get it. There there are there there are great communities. I was in my mom's community today, and a lot of the people were out and about and uh, helping each other out. Like uh-huh. it, it was cool to see. A, you don't see it that much, but no, other people were helping nice other other families out with yard work, with building, putting doors on, um, uh, uh, you know, doing handyman work and seeing three different, three or four different houses come together within that neighborhood. And it's one of the last. I'm sure uh, there's other younger people that are learning from that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. My son's going to be down there this weekend and helping my mother because she got uh, my brother put some like chickens and some uh, a gardening and all this stuff. And they're going to be out there doing work and you know, moving sticks and all this stuff and cleaning up. But when, it's good to see people come together when something is there. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that 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 is so organic like that. People come together. People want to come together. They do. <clears throat> they do. They do. The same people because they see the benefits from it. You know, the, but it's not like that everywhere. Like the people in know? the people in Baltimore, they they want the same thing you and I want. They want the same thing that that that. Someone in Iowa wants. Someone in Idaho wants. Someone in in you know Mississippi wants. We they, we they we want the same thing because we're human beings, you know. Let's see what's going on. Sam Riddle. I've got a bowl of noodles at Johnny, the Noodle King in Detroit along the Detroit River. Uh, we're pretty tasty. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, what am I trying to tell you, man? So we're on we're on air right now, man. We're on air. I've got Miriam Tazi, my co-host, with me, and uh, we were just venting a, a bit about what's going on in Baltimore. Well, yeah, we should talk about that when you get ready. When you're ready for me to go on the air, we're on the air right now, man. We're doing it right now. I'm on the air? Yeah. Well, I'm just leaving Johnny the Noodle King along the Detroit River, man. It was some good grub, but. What's the name of this? Anyway, what's, the, what's the name of this place? Johnny the Noodle King along the Detroit River on Fourth Street. That's what's in up, Detroit, Michigan. But uh, you know, can you hear me clearly? I mean, I'm speaking on my hands free right now. We can hear you crystal clear. Crystal. Well, what's clear. on your mind, man? If you're talking about Baltimore, you know, we wouldn't be talking about Baltimore or Ferguson if it wasn't for those young so-called leaderless uh, folks to lead the uprising. You know, I mean, you've heard it said before, but it's real important for people to understand that we didn't have any rioters. 
or any thug. What we have are people, youngsters who are tired of state-sanctioned violence in the form of out-of-control killer cops who are sanctioned by the state. They When they got a badge and they're certified by the state and employed by the city or wherever, uh, that's state-sanctioned violence. When you rise up against state-sanctioned violence, that's not a riot. That's an act of resistance to a state of oppression. And it's really important to understand that because a lot of people forget the history of America. Yep. If you know the history of America, you know that the British used the same language as the Maryland governor. He called the American colonists thugs, bandits, and criminals when they had the guts to dump the British tea in the Boston Harbor. They called that the Boston Tea Party. You know, they called the American revolutionaries criminals. But daring to rise up against the state-sanctioned violence and tyranny of the English government. We've heard this language of government before. And when we read the Declaration of Independence, we have a clear understanding why right here in Detroit, we just had federal agents from ICE, that's Immigration and Customs folks, uh, federal agents and a task force jointly with the Detroit Police Department shoot a young black man, Terrence Callum, Callum, I'm sorry, K-E-L-L-O-M, gun him down, 10 shots. They said he raised a hammer at him. A hammer. Mm. You see, what's happening is people without hope but no future in America are rising up. You have what's happening right now, the resistance of the half-not, part of that 98 99% rising up against the 1%. First thing you hear out of the governor's mouth, out of the police mouth, is we got to protect property. Property becomes more important to protect finding out who severed the young man's spot in Baltimore. Yep. Because at all costs, you must protect the property of the top one or two percent. And as long as we have wealth and equality in America, we're going to see periodically more uprising. And there would be no discussion of the poverty, the poor education, in Baltimore, what for the flame? Make no mistake about that. Now, I'm not advocating everybody get a match, go fire something up. I'm just saying that there's no discussion without the flame. Baltimore has been there for some time. Poverty been in Baltimore for some time. This for school been in Baltimore and Detroit for some time. Why did they? 18 public schools were shut down in Detroit. Because teachers had a stick out because of the democracy destroying Governor Rick Snyder in Michigan, who has destroyed the democracy in Detroit with the city and the Board of Education 
And now they're sick because teachers fucked up. But government's been a failure. School system in Detroit is a failure. And I don't mean to go on a rant, man. But this shit's got to stop. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you know, they kill us at will. And then they get mad. And they want the voters to go from their killing. Now, they expect us to believe that this young brother in Baltimore, Mr. Gray, beat his head so hard that he severed his spine, broke his vocal cord, his lining, all that. Come on, man. They've already had to pay lawsuits for what they call a rough ride in Baltimore, where they don't buckle you up and they speed and then hit the brakes and the body just goes shelter against the walls of the vehicle. Hell, that's what they do to test crash dummies. Yep. But see, what happens to dummies only here, instead of a test crash dummy, they got a young black male whom they would dehumanize uh, using that media. Look at those jerks on CNN. That's Eric and White Boy stuff of Chris Cuomo. I mean, and, and, and some of those people on there. I mean, the CNN network has become an avatar of the Fox network. That's a damn shame. For the media, the way they editorialize. You know, uh, even President Obama needs to check his stuff calling people thugs. I agree with the councilman. Might as well call them nigger, Barack. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. We we're just—I was just talking about that. Um, uh, you know the the. And I don't mean the I don't mean the rant, but you know. By all means. We've got our founder uh, down there right now in Baltimore, being with mayor and other religious civic leaders, the Reverend Al Sharp. You know, I'm the political director of the National Action Network, and we're planning an action in front of the uh, uh, headquarters tonight. Uh, in a few days, and we're going to have a coalition of folks out there. I mean, the chief of police here in Detroit, Hollywood Craig, would ask me that they can repeat the mantra, I feared for my life, and justify gunning down Terrence, uh, Terrence. And, and, and we aren't going for that. I mean, you know, we cannot be open season on black folks anymore. And speaking of Baltimore... You know, everybody's making an example of this mother, the black woman, that ran out and snatched her son, said he was throwing rocks, mm-hmm. and stopped him around. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, here in Detroit, Toya Graham. we got people out for slapping people around. Little Charlie uh, Botol, uh who was about 12 years old, his parents are in trouble for making him... Uh, Using the elliptical a couple of times this day, and when he wouldn't do it, uh, spanking him on his butt. Now, they are on trial for all types of child abuse. Now, all I'm saying is that as long as white folks sanction you beating your kids, you can do it. But that, to me, was a form of castration, even though she has a valid point about wanting to save his life and stop his, uh, his, his, stop him from his behavior and whatnot. But any other time and place, she would be facing charges. But the main thing that they praised her for 
Did she stop him from uh, from destroying her house property? And again, more of a premium is placed on property than human life. And then they roll in with the militarization. And understand now, just because black people are in charge of killing you doesn't make it right. You got a black woman in charge of the National Guard in Maryland. You got a black mayor. You got a black police commission. But the real issue is sort of the policies that they that, that come out of Maryland, out of, out, of, out, of, out of Detroit, America's blackest and poorest city. Yeah, and you bring up a, you make up a, you bring up a good point also about being sanctioned uh, to uh, you know to get the okay from from white America to 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 uh, discipline your child. Uh, it's it's a, it's it's bizarre because um, uh, you know what, what she did was what anyone would do in their right mind if they saw their ch- child out there doing something they're not supposed to do. Uh, and uh, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that, but I do have a problem with the way white America has been policing Black America, and not only that, policing us to the point where if you get pulled over, if you make a wrong move, or even if you don't do anything, it could be punishable by death. W- what are your thoughts on that? The way we're being policed. I'm in Detroit, man. I know what the deal is. Again, I just met with the hair. And the mother, Hollywood Craig, of Karen Kellum, who was gunned down. Mm. Now, there was, supposedly there was a warrant out for him, and uh, now he was not an angel, but and it's undisputed to him that he even had a hammer. His father said he was shot two times. He had his fist like didn't have a hammer at all, and then the police shot him eight more times. And the officer, a black officer, that killed him, a federal agent, with immigration and uh, immigration and customs folks, this guy, this, this black guy that gunned him down, and had charges just uh, a couple of years ago, where he had, uh, drew down with a gun on his wife. And uh, all I'm saying, man, is look, we must have policies and training so that these guys have a, 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 a policy on when they use deadly force. And in the case of Detroit, when these feds roll in here like it's the OK Corral, we need to know what is the relationship with the Detroit Police Department and these feds. Who's in charge? And if the feds are not going to adhere to a humane policy, that is, uh, when they... When they when, when they shoot to kill, it just can't be carte blanche. You got a gun, you bust it up in a house, and you just start shooting. If they aren't going to follow the city of Detroit regard for human life, then we should not allow the Detroit Police Department to participate in that task force. But uh, what we are in in America today is a very dangerous period of, of militarization of civilian police departments and a Total disregard, disrespect for black life. Uh, and, 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 and these young folks are really providing leadership. You know, they want to make dehumanized in terms like thugs and criminals, but enough is enough. These young folks are providing leadership where these jack-laid preachers who are apologists for the status quo 
are just getting in the way. So we can do much better than we're doing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, I don't know. I don't mean to rant, man. Dang, you got me off going on this here on your show, but uh, no, I don't know if any of this helps. But right now, we're organizing in Detroit. We have a horrible situation here, man. They they did away with democracy, and I've been restored to some extent where the council and the mayor uh, have, have the appearance of funny things. If Governor Rich Snyder wants to run for president on the Republican uh, side of things, and uh, I'm going to tell you something. If he declares for the presidency, we will be with him every step of the way so that the nation can see what Rick Snyder in Michigan looks like and ask themselves if they want America to look like Rick Snyder's uh, <laughs> uh, Michigan, Detroit. Or Rick Snyder's watch, 60% of children in Detroit still live below the poverty line. 60% of the children in Detroit live below the poverty line. Uh, we have an unemployment rate in Detroit that, 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 that exceeds 35%. I mean, you know, what I'm saying is that there's not a pretty picture of Rich Snyder, Michigan, especially uh, in, in black Michigan. And now that story needs to... Uh, needs to be told how yeah. he came in here and did more than the Ku Klux Klan ever did in the Deep South to disenfranchise or to take away the black vote in America's poorest and blackest city, Detroit. And in Flint, where you've got uh, another high black population, he took away the right to vote. He does this with imposition of an emergency matter. Yeah. Uh, in the, under the guise that the financial problems are so bad. And why do you think that story is not being told? Why why aren't more people talking about well, that outside? Well, the same reason that the media was twisting and distorting the story of Baltimore. Uh, you know, we've got to have a means to communicate out there. Now, we did a fair job, and not as, not as adequate as it should have been, to define what's been going down in, uh, in uh, Michigan. But uh, if you don't have access to the airways, these suckers will do you in and get away with it. And, you know, the story of Rick Snyder's Michigan, though, is going to be told to America for all this hope if he runs president or vice president. I mean, that story will be told. Anyway, what's happening down your way in Virginia, D.C. area? But hey, that's the Baltimore area. Yeah, that's all. We're 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 all tied to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we I I did a, a rant right before you called in, and uh, yeah, I think we're we, we're in agreement yeah. on on uh, what's going on, and I think there's I think you know what's going on in Baltimore. We're not we haven't seen the last of it. I think that this is going to be something that uh, oh no, you know. and, and, and across America. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people are fed up, and I'm glad young folks are providing the leadership. But let's understand something. I'm not advocating violence. All I'm saying is that we are in a situation where we have state-sanctioned violence. I mean, we have almost a black person a day being killed by police departments. Well, it's like the Nazis of old. I mean, it's 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 well, just... yeah, and, and and they're getting uh, uh, away with it. Yeah. Uh, and again, I'm not advocating uh, violence. What we've got to do is channel that anger 
and the positive organized action to redefine the allocation of wealth in America. Understand that there is a direct connection between the poverty and violence that we saw in Baltimore. There's a direct connection between the violence we saw in Baltimore and just for school. I mean, no job, nothing. You know, I worked in Baltimore in 1976. I had an office on Pennsylvania Avenue, the same Pennsylvania Avenue you saw on National TV a few nights ago. And I can tell you, one of my claims to fame, I was, I, it was an office uh, of Jimmy Carter, who was running for president, who actually won that year. Uh, I can tell you that what is amazing is that my office was never broken into in Pennsylvania Avenue, on Pennsylvania Avenue. And the reason was that we put to work people who were not working there. That was in 1976, nearly 40 years ago, 39 years ago, and nothing's really changed. Poverty still is the major player there. Yeah. Institutionalized racism, the systemic discrimination that results in people not working, not having good schools, is still bad there. I mean, yeah, and, it's, and until America faces up to that, we're going to see more of it. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre. And you mentioned Flint also, having grown up in Flint, Michigan. It's it's bizarre the fact that you know when you talk about distribution of wealth in America, how we can't even get corporations to you know build factories back in Flint, Michigan. We can't even attract new businesses. You look at Las Vegas or Nevada, how Nevada is going to be opening up a new Tesla battery plant, and we can't even get one of those in the state of Michigan. Well, GM has just began uh, an expansion here. They announced they're going to spend a few billion. But look, GM got bailed out by the American people. Yeah. Well, what's up with that? I mean, you know, like Detroit went through the same economy that uh, GM went through, but they didn't get bailed out like the taxpayers bailed out GM. I mean, I, I, it, the contradictions are so evident. And the America that the world is now seeing on cable TV, news shows and whatnot, is an America that people should be, quite frankly, ashamed existed as we inflict grown democracy the world over. Now, I will say this, though. President Obama has said and done some things that no other president would say and do. And I can say, this is nothing new. We've got to pay attention to the urban centers in America and begin to allocate resources so that people have a fair chance to participate in, in the PR American dream. Because for the people of Baltimore and Detroit, it's just a public relations gimmick, the American dream. It doesn't exist for them. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a fight, and the fight will continue. And uh, yeah, we we want to have you back on the show uh, as uh, as much as possible. So I, I do appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time out from the King well, of Noodles. You know, I'd be glad that you know maybe we can work out something where we do like not not a long long rant or anything, but we could do something like maybe uh, a one minute or two minute editorial yeah, or something. A check in, you can check there. in with Sam Riddle and shoot it out there. But I'll be in touch and. Uh, 
Stay strong now. And you got in Virginia, just in a government jail, didn't you? Anyway, I'll be talking. Hey, before you go, before you go, you got to give us your uh, your prediction on the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight this weekend. Oh, man, come on. You know Floyd. You know Floyd. Yeah, that's what I told my son. That's what I told my son. That's what I told I Justin. Mean, we go we go hard here, man. Yeah. I mean, and then they letting these guys watch the fight for free down, the, down south of the border. Yeah. And we got to pay, what, $99 or something? Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like $100. Bucks. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, I hope Floyd gets all the money he got coming. And I don't know what's up with Mike Tyson, dog and uh, Floyd out calling him a little man who's afraid. You know, Tyson's losing it. Now, he's going to lose it. <laughs> but, uh... I'm calling it Floyd, uh, Floyd all the way straight up. And, uh, you know, my best, uh, man, he can go on back to, uh, uh, the Philippines. You know, his daddy ate his dog over there. (laughs) Oh, you can look it up. I ain't me talking. Yeah, I'll look it up. I'll Google that. His dad. Yeah, his father did. So I don't know what kind of child abuse that is. <laughs> man, dog, dog up. Uh, I don't know what that had to do with the fight. I read it the other day. I said, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> but uh, anyway, I can't call what round is going to happen, but I, I will be surprised uh, if, if, if it goes to full, uh, full number of rounds. Uh, I think Manny... Doing good if he, he can get through six rounds. Okay. All right. That's my man, Floyd Mayweather. We got you on record. Kicking Manny's ass is what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Thanks for checking in. Okay, man. Love you. Love you too. Bye bye. All right. Sam Rim. definitely are on the same page. I mean, it's not, it's not, not rock. I'm not, I'm not surprised since, you know. Well, it's not it's father and son. It's not just that. It's it's just basic mathematics of what's going on and what's been going on within yeah. this country. It's it's not it's not new. Yeah, a hundred dollars for the fight. Yeah, that's amazing. It's free in Mexico. I got to figure out where to watch it. On top of that, man, I remember when fights were free. You used to watch Ali you for just free. Go to the bars. All the sports bars have it for free. Yeah, but, but then you can't packed. stretch out. You know what I mean? You can't sit in your underwear. Mm. You know, yeah, that might be a little frowned upon. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, back to back to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we were able to connect, and I, I'm, I'm even better. I'm glad that the listeners were able to hear how this production is <laughs> is, is is run. You know what I mean? I mean, very very it's like, professional. And big ups to uh, you know the King Noodle. What what is this place he's talking about? He was at he was at Johnny Noodle King. So if you're in Detroit, check it out. Uh, Sam Riddle definitely endorses that. That's on uh, 2601 West Fort Street, Detroit, Michigan. He swears by it. He said it was good, right? Yeah, good noodles. Smacking like, his yeah. lips like yum. Kind of makes me want to get some noodles, <laughs> <laughs> especially from the King of Noodles. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're definitely keeping our eye out. And I think people need to, before they, before they uh, you know, pass judgment on what's going on uh, throughout this country, they have to really know their history yeah. and uh, be aware of. Uh, it's not just out of the blue. No. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, like, like, like I said, I don't, I don't condemn. And like I said, I, I think you, like you guys all said, like, it's just, it's just the beginning, you know. 
they're going to be it's going to be popping up. Pe- people are the bottom line is state people are just state, they're fed up. State to state. Yeah, they 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 are fed up. And right now we are in the spring. Nice and if we were united like our country's name, you know, United States. And I'm not saying I'm not saying violence is the way. We're not saying that. We're not saying that, but when people are fed out, they, fed up, they 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 just act out of raw emotion, and that's what you're going to get. I think they surprise themselves. You know, you surprise yourself too when you're that angry and you're in the like you know, I don't know. When when you're young, you're just easily like influenced and stuff. But I wish it was for more in a more positive way, you know. And like you guys were saying, like or, be more organized and structured, and kind of try to do it well, with the it, right channels. So that I actually, think that's like, I think you're going to see that, and you're going to see that happen. Uh, I hope so. You know, it, it's just when it erupts, it's like a volcano. You can't, yeah. you know. But at the same time, I think with it's got to happen, but yeah, with with every instance, you're going to see it. Uh, uh, you'll see the uh, the effect of uh, a more uh, you know organized campaign against uh, this oppression that is going on mm-hmm. and this the violence, the senseless violence against people of color, not just black people, but a majority of what's going on. You know, it's you do the numbers. It's it's black people, but it's going on all over. It's going on all over the world. Be more like integration in America between people. But I want to I want to pull this clip up for us while we have time. What is it? Uh, this is uh, Toya Graham. Oh, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I saw the mother briefly. I noticed the sweatpants that he had on, and then he gave me eye contact. And you I, actually made eye contact? I made eye contact with him, and at that point, I told him to throw that brick down, put the brick down, put it down. So that's the and, mother. And, and I just lost it at that point. I was so you angry saw her son in the riots. that he had made a decision to um, do some harm to um, the police officers. It's not something you approve of, obviously. Not at all. Not at all. So you saw Michael with the rock in his hand. Mm-hmm. And, and you said you just lost it. I did. And, and, you know, once he threw that rock down, I was like, you know, you wasn't brought up like this. Did you did you worry about embarrassing him in front of Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, um, he was actually embarrassing himself by um, wearing that mask and, and that hoodie and doing what he was doing. And at some point I told him to take the mask off because why are you hiding behind the mask? If you um, want to be bold enough to do this, then show your face. If this is something you really believe in, yeah, show your just, face. yeah. Why hide your face? So did he go home then? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He went home with me. Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had no yes, doubt about yes, that. Yes, yes. He went home with me. And his sister. I would have gone home with you in a second. <laughs> yeah. When did you realize somebody had recorded? I, I had. So yeah, that's um, that's Toya Graham, and she's I talking to. Uh, and I seen one of it was Anderson Cooper. Uh, At that point, I didn't think that nobody had reported me. Yeah, it's it, the video went viral, and again, it demonstrates a parent jerking a knot in their child's ass when they were out of line. Clearly, she's no quote-unquote thug or savage, and we'll listen to her son's interview as well. Nor is he. Misguided, yes. Running on wild... Emotion, absolutely. Out of control, absolutely. In the wrong, absolutely. You know what I mean? But it takes the community to come together and put a stop to that. Does does that does he need? Should he? Could he have been shot and killed, Miriam Tazi? Of course. Would it have been justified? No. 
So, you know, it's here. Let's listen. Um, I felt as though my friends down there, a couple of my friends and been beaten by the police, killed by the police. So I felt as though I needed to go down there and show my respect. So when you so Anderson when you asked him why he was mom, down there, right. you, when you first made eye contact, what went through your mind? I was just like, oh man, like, <laughs> you were like oh man, yeah, like my mother. Like, what my mother doing down here? Like, why would she be down here? Like, did you know instantly that she recognized you? When I seen her, I didn't like really see it, but when I heard "put that brick down," I was like, oh, that's my mother. So what did you think when when you heard that voice? I was like, oh, yeah, I know that's my mother. I know it's my mother. Ain't nobody else talk like that but my mother. Uh-huh. From, and, then what, and then what happened? It was just World War Three from right there. <laughs> it was World War Three. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It was just like... Was, what did you think? Were you, were you embarrassed? Yeah, you... I was embarrassed a little bit until she just started talking to me when we got home. It was just telling me basically like she did it because she cared about me. It wasn't nothing just to embarrass me. It was just because she cared. She was worried about you. Right. She didn't want me getting in trouble by the law. She knows. He, his uh, life would be over. Be There's like, no second chance. Gray or anybody else that then got killed by the police. Do you regret wanting to throw rocks? Or do you think... Can uh, you explain it? At first, I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care about the law. Like, police, period. But, like, my mother, my mother talked to me about it. She was just like... What did they do to you? Did they ever hurt you? I'm like, no, nah, they didn't hurt me, but my, some of my friends not here because of what they did. Do you regret it? Uh, a little bit. A little bit? Yeah, a little bit I regret it. What do you, what do you regret? I regret that, like, for me going down there and getting into the situation where I was supposed to be home. Do you worry about Michael a lot? Yes. So what yeah. do you worry about? I worry about him walking out my front door. I do. It's just the life that we live around here. You don't know if you walk out the door, if you're going to walk back in the door or not. Do you think if, if riots broke out again, do you think you'd go down there? No, I don't think I'd yeah. go down there. I mean, it, that's a, that sums it up of what's going on. The fears within a community. They have this. I, I, you could go anywhere within the suburbs of Washington, D.C., uh, you know, uh, west of Washington, D.C., and ask parents the same thing. I, I, I can almost guarantee you they don't worry about the stuff that we worry about. You know what I'm saying? They don't worry about that. You know, I, I posted something on Twitter the other uh, last night, as a matter of fact. I posted something on Twitter. Uh, uh, when I was 16, I was robbed, right? I was robbed. I had, <laughs> I had a uh, tweed sh- uh, jacket tweed coat maybe you deserved it yeah. if you if you if you if you see if you see what i was wearing 16 in tweed yeah it was, it was fucked up but so this is what i was wearing right <laughs> so i was wearing the new Fresh. the new air jordans red white and black with the red and black sweats and a, a tweed black and white tweed jacket so like a tweed coat no different than the one that I, I posted on twitter mm. my point is that was at 16 where other kids are thinking of going out, pizza, movies, dates, stuff like that. I almost had my life taken from me. Now, granted, they didn't take the Jays. For some reason, they didn't take the Jays, but they, they wanted the, the, these quote unquote thugs wanted the tweed coat for oh, some reason. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the stuff that we have to deal with. I'm making light of it, but in all, in, 
to be serious about what's going on in neighborhoods across and neighbor disregarded neighborhoods, neighborhoods that people just just you know don't go down that way. Stay on this side of town. Shop here. Put your businesses over here, and they try to forget about us, right? Yeah. Right. So they're not worried about that, and then they're not worried about that. We're worried that not only could we get mugged, robbed, raped, you know what I mean, uh, uh, killed, but we could also those same things can come from the police. Yeah. The police are robbing. The police are raping. The police are killing. You know what I mean? So what are you gonna do, huh? You know, and imagine the frustration when, when your friends, like when you're, when you're 15, 14, 15, some younger even, but in my case, when you're 14 and 15 and you already know death, you already know that someone who sat across from you, that someone that shared, a, someone that waved to you every day, who, who was one of the nicest people that I knew within a school the of 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 just some of the toughest people around that I thought at that time where there's one nice person who was killed when I was a kid right when people when you know that when you when you understand that and worse when you accept that you're living in a different united states of america you have to understand what's going on and that's the thing yeah, you're not in that bubble anymore that's the thing that white america does not understand that's the thing. Why? Why do they live? Why don't you move? <laughs> Why don't you move? Why do you live there? You know what I mean? There's so many questions. Come on, man. You know, there are reasons. There are, just like there are reasons no different than Sam was outlining why businesses aren't coming to Detroit. You know, why votes are being taken away. Why you're not being counted. There's reasons why in Flint, Michigan, the water can't be consumed okay so and it's not just there it's everywhere and what i what i really want people to do is to really get involved of course with this podcast and call in let me know what's going on in your community i'm going to set up that google the phone number mm-hmm. so people can call in they can just check in and leave the message okay. what's going on in their hood that way i can research it i can talk about it give opinions on it and i will be giving that number out soon uh, but i think we we need to mobilize even in this little corner of our world where we connect with you guys listening is uh connect and share the information of what's going on good or bad doesn't yeah. always have to be bad. That's give, true. give me some good news of what's It'd going be nice on. Nice and refreshing. Yeah, give me some. <laughs> give me some good things that are going on in the hood. Some of the programs that are going on. Some of the things that you've done. You know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't have to be. You can call in, leave the message, uh, and or uh, post something. But I'm going to set the number up uh, so we can so we can put that in. So if you're in Oklahoma, if you're in Detroit, if you're in California, if you're in New York, uh, anywhere. Uh, you know, within reach, you can uh, leave that message and uh, we can look into it and make sure that is being covered, uh, you know, at least on our end. And then uh, we can help spread the word, uh, both good and bad. But, you know, there's no there's no quick fix. We all need to come together so that we can be together. And, and you just can't point the finger, right? That's very true. I take some responsibility. Good night. What's going on? I'm telling you. Oh. Yep. So it's a lot, right? It's a lot to, lot to digest, right? Yeah, but it's got to happen. 
It's better. Mm-hmm. It's better than ignoring it or pretending like or being a hypocrite or pretending like it's not there. Can't you can only do that for so long, you know? Kids but, are out. Yeah, they're back from school. That's good. So, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we're able to cover so a wealth of information for you guys. Uh, like I said, I uh, top of the show we uh, we we covered um, Little Boy, right? Yeah, that was good. Uh, you, it, it, very good movie. Uh, a couple other things I saw that I, I made some some notes on. If you guys listening, I watched a movie last night. You might want to check it out. What's I, that? On Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Netflix, I saw this movie called. Uh, uh, kid cannabis. <laughs> Let me pull is it, it a documentary or is it no, a film? No, it's it's a movie based on a true story about an 18-year-old high school dropout and his uh his buddy started uh trafficking marijuana across the border of Canada. <laughs> uh, just just kids. Like some of the kids that you may work with. No different, <laughs> right? Straight up nerds and uh uh it's a uh it's a fascinating uh fascinating movie it's a good movie it's 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 worth the watch because it's on netflix so if you have a netflix uh, uh subscription uh check it out but uh the guy's name was uh nate norman and uh he had like a i don't know it, it, at the end of the day he had he had a 36 million dollar uh, drug running empire Right, king of the nerds, <laughs> the real deal. I mean, these guys was running, uh, uh, you know, the creme de la creme of marijuana, and uh, they were holding it down, like straight up. They were. Uh, it, 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 it's a it's a decent movie, a bit long, uh, but uh, it uh, it's, it's it's quite entertaining. Kind of reminds me of uh, I don't know if you ever saw the Johnny Depp movie Blow. Oh, another good movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. It's not streaming anywhere. I'm sure you can. No. I'm sure you can buy it on on iTunes. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Johnny, Depp. I think I saw it in the theater. I did too. Yeah, John, Johnny Depp's movie Blow came out in 2001, and it's the the true story of George Jung, J U N G. Uh, he helped. Uh, well, he established the American co- cocaine uh, market in the '70s. Well, him and along with the CIA and probably the FBI, United States government. But that's oh, allegedly, uh, allegedly. But I think some of this is fact. But uh, he, George Young, uh, his story—that's another true story. And just uh, if you haven't seen Blow, you should you should see Blow. Uh, what was the other one called? Kid uh, Kid Cannabis mm. is kind of like the poor man's version of that, but. <laughs> Those those guys are they 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 ran things and it's cool to it's cool to see the nerds try to be gangsters. It's it's weird because it's bizarre because there's certain things and if you ever lived the gangster lifestyle or or just been affiliated or just around like real you know real G's and stuff like there, there's a line that you cross that you can't you can't go back. <laughs> You can't. I mean, once you once you do a couple, like, you know, you can go out and you know make a deal here or there, no big deal. But uh, I don't I don't condone this type of behavior or, mm-hmm. or this type of philosophy mm-hmm. that exists. But um, but my point is, once you do some gangster shit, you can't reverse it. <laughs> this words of wisdom. <laughs> Very deep. <laughs> Good advice. You can't you can't reverse gangster shit. You know what I mean? 
Is mean him- it changes you? Or you mean yeah, like just? Yeah, what do you but, mean what can't you reverse? Just, just, just once. There's a scene in the movie where he's doing everything. He's negotiating. Mean what I mean by him? I mean Nate and uh, and uh, uh, Kid Cannabis. Where they're just running drugs. They're having fun. They're getting high. They're they're they got chicks. They're throwing parties. You know, before they were just nerds. No chicks. No parties. Nothing. They had hair. No gel. Nothing. They had just thick frame glasses. Nothing. No love. Nothing. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Zip. Zilch. Zero. Yeah, yeah. Zilch. Nada. You know? They had nothing. Right? Now they get money. You know what I mean? Different frames put on. <laughs> they still didn't get he still didn't get gel in his hair. <laughs> no. He still had the fro, the dry fro, which I can relate to. But he was throwing parties, you know what I mean? He was uh he was uh uh you know, bikinis, all the good stuff in life, you know. Dead money. Mm-hmm. Range Rover. Oh. He had all sorts of stuff, right? But then he crossed the line in one scene where I guess this one dude was jealous who was outside of his crew and he pulled a pistol out. Now that's oh. gangster shit. Mm. That's gangster shit because when you pull when you pull a gun out I think he did two things actually. Before that, there's a scene where he took a machete and he smacked one of uh one of his workers with it, but on the dull side. And uh that's that that that's the road leading down to the gangster shit. You can still come back from the, you know, you tap somebody. You know, it's just you know, it's a machete, no big deal, right? Huh? You do a lot of damage with a machete, mm. dude. A lot of it's true, with but the gun when you draw the gun and shoot at someone, that's gangster shit. And there's no coming back from that because then the other dude's got to answer. That's just the rule. At some point, he's going to answer. He may mm. or may not, but usually they do answer. So you know, you've already you've already gone down. Now you're a gangster. I get it. I think they said that in Carlito's way. You know what I mean? Once you're a gangster, that's it. Ain't no coming back. You're not a lawyer anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But it, it's still it's still a decent watch. So look that up. Uh, but Blow, on the other hand, like I said, Blow is Blow's the real deal because uh, it, it goes into these cats started out. Those guys started out running marijuana, but discovered cocaine. And it's, it's at that era. You know, this is back when they just had phone booths. You know what I mean? There was no, there wasn't even beepers. You know what I mean? In the seventies, you know, you could, you could do all. I mean, there was no technology. Nope. You know what I mean? People took notes with pen and pad, and the cops were on surveillance, and it, it wasn't like today. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. You know, if, if they didn't see you, you weren't there. But uh, yeah, blow was. Uh, it was good. Blow was great. Yeah. Blow was. Uh, was was an awesome film. I'm gonna pull up a clip. See if I can. There you go. Yeah, the music is good too. <laughs> this is gonna At make you want to see when America was ready to party. Look, if you really want to score, I got the guy. Barbie. I don't nickel and dime. You want it or not? We'll take it. You know how much money you can make with this stuff back east? One man knew just what to do about it. Seems really risky. Eric, she's a stewardess. They don't check up things. I need more. I need more. I can't believe we're stealing a plane. How much will you be needing? All of it. <laughs> Johnny Depp. It's a Where cool did you get dude. This stuff? I love it. I can't feel my face. Senor Escobar wants to see you. We're going into business together. I want to start right away. 
How much bigger can we get? And he was in cahoots with Pablo Escobar. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Where do I put it? Competition. No, he was in cahoots with him. He, he was getting the supply from Pablo Escobar. Oh. The Medellin drug cartel. I know who I didn't pay attention to that part. That's why I said. I mean, I'm really great at what I do. Let me tell you something, George. You'd have been great at anything. Anything. Ray Liotta. This is how you pay me back? This is business. Who introduced you to Pablo Escobar? Huh? Hey. He's on my mind. Take it easy, George. You have a daughter now. We can make it split up. No, don't even say that. Isn't it really funky wigs in this movie? (laughs) Yeah. He's got a fat suit. Yeah, but it it has a Goodfellas-esque feel to it. Um just funky, very Scorsese-esque in its uh, in its approach. I think it was uh, Jonathan Demi or Ted Demi. It was one of the Demi boys. Um, I'll look it up real quick. Let's see. Yeah, it, I mean, it, if you haven't seen it, revisit it. I think uh, you should revisit it, too. I will. Yeah. It's been a while. I think it was Jonathan Demi. Let's see. Ted Demi. I was wrong. Hmm. I'm going to blame that, chalk that up on, well, it's 2001. I can't keep all this stuff in my head. Uh, yeah, it it's, it's definitely borrows from some of Scorsese's work. And, and you know, I mean, so Scorsese doesn't own the Rolling Stones just because he plays them all the time. And Jesus, <laughs> you should be allowed to play the Stones on your in your films yeah. without being compared to Martin Scorsese. But big ups to mm. Martin Scorsese. You know, yeah. he, he makes good films. Uh, mm. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that I look forward to. Is uh, Johnny Depp's? Uh, yeah, you show me the trailer. Ooh, wee! His new movie <laughs> coming out. What, what is it called? I can't even remember. I don't remember either. He's Good sure. night. <laughs> what is it called? I can't I remember. Know, just look up Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. I mean that dude. That dude. His career. Think about you this. You love him. I, I, I do. I do. I mean, he's around from that same era as Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? And his track record, you know? His track record is this Black Mass. So Black Mass, he plays... That's the uh, name of it? Yeah. Yeah, he plays uh, uh, the notorious gangster uh, Whitey uh, Whitey Burglar, right? Yeah, Burglar. Why can't you see that? I know it's not. It's Whitey Bulger. Bulger. B U L. Bulger. 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 Bull. (laughs) I put too much pressure on myself and my cheeks. (laughs) Bottom line is, I'm just an imbecile. Just can't read or pronounce stuff. Just relax. Mm. It's all right. I don't mind him. It's all good. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah, that that movie looks good. Yeah, the trailer is yeah, I mean, I'm not even gonna play it. You guys just Google he it. He really likes to fuck with his hair, though, and Black his look. Mass. Like, yeah, but he, he does it successfully. It's funny. The dude is the real deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's definitely an actor, a male actor that a lot he of loses guys himself really like. in, the, in the role. You know? He transforms. That's right. He becomes <laughs> one with the character. I wonder if he's like serious. Like he's like all up on himself. Mm, probably a little. Mm. Probably a I'm little. I'm Johnny Depp. Yeah. Have you seen him in interviews? Just looking in a mirror. I am John. I am. 
He talks funny. Yeah. I can't even get my voice like that right now. He's changed. I mean, I was a big, I still am. I'm a big Johnny Depp fan. I mean, Johnny Depp, I follow, I've been following his career since day. I mean, he was in A Nightmare on Elm Street for a brief moment. He got killed by Freddy Krueger in the first one. Yeah. And he was in 21 Jump Street. Yeah. We talked about this before. He was in 20, 21. Whoa, what yeah, was but you, were, you were all about what, Richard? What is his name? Richard Greco? Greco? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So you, you, have to understand. you gave Hold in on. to Johnny. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> since we're on the air, since you're going to try to call me out on the air, you have to understand. Everything comes you in. brought it up. Everything comes in twos. You know what I mean? There's always two of something. Mm-hmm. Prince, there's Michael Jackson, there's Slick Rick, there's Dana Dane. You know what I mean? It comes in groups. You know what I mean? It it, it does. There's... And then you pick a side. You do. You always but you pick the wrong side. I picked wrong sides. <laughs> I, I have I have picked wrong sides. I, when it was Johnny Depp, I liked Johnny Depp a lot, but I did go with the Richard. I, I went with Richard Grieco at first. At first, mm. I was like, man. Why? It was Richard Grieco. That motherfucker was the was it was like the he had man. better hair. What was it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know. It was just like uh, you know, it's like Michael Jackson and Prince. Like, who were you going to go with? You know what I mean? It was like, hmm, who knew? I think I went with Michael Jackson I went with MJ and too. Uh, yeah, look who won. You know what I mean? Johnny Depp and, and Prince. They're on top. They're still here. Damn. But uh, <laughs> and, and you know, Richard Grieco at first he was. He was the one in 21 Jump Street. And some of you listening may not know uh, 21 Jump Street, but not 21 not Jump Street <laughs> with, uh, what, what are those guys' name? Channing Tatum. Yeah. And uh, what was the other guy's name? I always forget his name. Yeah. Yeah, no, the show, the TV show. Yeah, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill, and Channing uh, Tatum. Not that one. There was a there was a television series that was out in 1987 and 91 uh, that it was based on. And just look at the picture. Pull up the picture. Pull up the picture and look and see who stands out. Right? You got two dudes that look just alike, same look. Right? (laughs) So you, you had no choice to pick a camp. I think it forces you to pick pick a side. There's a lot of stuff. There's rock and roll. There's plenty of groups. Were you the Beatles or you were you with the Stones? Which ones did you pick? You can't go wrong with it either or, right? In theory, mm. but there's there pretty much everything in, in. That's how I know we're living in a simulation. There's twos in everything that are very similar. So in that picture, yeah, this one, yeah, you see Richard Grieco. Both of them have that look in their eye. You know what I mean? And yeah, and it was Richard Grieco, and that motherfucker. He didn't fucked up. He he made a couple movies, and uh, yeah, he uh, he was he was on for a minute. Richard Grieco was. He did this uh, TV show called. He did a spinoff, and it was called Booker. That's what it was. And I used to watch Booker. It was right after Twenty One Jump Street. No, no, this I'm, I'm going deep into the archives. I'm going deep okay. for you. You'll never know. Pull up, pull up Richard Grieco's IMDb. See what he looks like. So, uh, yeah, that dude, uh, that dude, he 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 made. Uh, then he made a movie after Booker. He started getting into film, and he was supposed to blow up. So I was following his career. I was like, oh, he's gonna be the next big thing, right? I'm like, this dude's gonna be the next big thing. He went into the '90s, and he made he played Bugsy Siegel. And me being a big fan. Of that whole era, Al Capone, Bugsy Siegel, Respect. Meyer Lant, oh, right? But it was more of a, a jazzed up kind of a, I don't know what it was. It was a colorful version of uh, 
of the mob world. It wasn't wasn't gritty at all. It was in the 90s. Who knew, <laughs> right? And then he made some movie called, he played Michael Corbin. This is the one that did him in. He played Michael Corbin in this movie called If Looks Could Kill, where he played kind of a, 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 a Marty McFly, James Bond type, right? It was as if Marty McFly met James Bond. That's the only way I could describe it. He was just this, this dude that he was like, just played this teenage kid. And it, 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 I went to, I remember, I went to the movies. I was front line day one, went to go see it to show. I used to think. That me going to the movies on Friday when it opened up, it meant that I was showing support. They, oh, yeah. They knew that. This is before the internet. <laughs> this is before. I just knew in my soul. You know what I mean? Mm. Saw the movie, 88 minutes. You were trying to help the community. It was terrible, man. <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible, support. terrible movie, man. It just, and, and from there, it just, it just tanked. And now he's like, uh, he's kind of like, uh, the Eric Roberts of films. I mean, he's in tons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't know Eric Roberts? No. Eric, Eric. Roberts is Julia Roberts' oh, brother. Oh, you know? wow. And he's got a funny lip like. Oh, I do know who that like, is. He looks like this. He was on Celebrity um, Intervention. Yeah. <laughs> With Dr. Drew. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's a good actor, but I mean, he just, you know, a lot of B movies. And, you know, he's got a got a good career. But you're also talking to the guy that picked Ponyboy Curtis, the guy that played uh, C. Thomas Howell. I thought he was going to blow up and be just as big as Tom Cruise. Uh, I didn't pick him over Tom Cruise, but it was like neck and neck. It was C. Thomas Howell. I don't know who that is. Oh, how can you not know who C. Thomas Howell is? Mm-hmm. You look him up. He was in E.T. It was like a C. Thomas Howell. <laughs> you know, C. I still don't think I know who he is. All you got to do is type up C. <laughs> Hit CT and it comes I know, up. I see him. I don't just, I still don't know who he is, though. Motherfucking C. Thomas Howe. He's been in everything. I mean, just the name alone. C. Thomas Howe. Sorry, I don't What gets better than that? I still don't know who he is. Oh, my God, people. I'm sure there's a today's version of C. Thomas Howe. You know what I mean? Like the kids from Beverly Hills 90210. Which one, what camp were you in? Did you ever watch that TV show? Yeah, I did. Yeah, who who did you like? You mean like Luke Perry or Yeah, yeah, which Brandon one which one? Which one did you think was going to succeed? Uh, now you get Ian Ziering. He's the one that's prospering. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> who knew that motherfucker wasn't supposed to be on top? The motherfucker's on top. He's doing Sharknado. Fucking Ian. I mean, you can Ian or Ian Ian, <laughs> Ian, right? It's Ian. Ian Ziering. Oh, we got a name. I thought it was Ian. Is it? I don't know. I think it's Ian. You could be right. No, I'm the one that fucks everything no, up. No, but in this case, I think he pronounces it differently. Who knows, man? But no, uh, I didn't think it would be him. That's for sure. But I didn't really. I'm not really. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't do that too much. The dichotomy and like hate. Maybe a little when it came to Biggie and Tupac. Maybe, but I don't know. Try to give them both a chance and see where their careers would take them. But. 90210, I mean, it was like a 90210 or Melrose Place. The only reason like I that. watched 90210 because all the, all the chicks I knew at that time watched it. So you needed to be in the know? More or less. <laughs> More or less. Uh, so I didn't know what the hell was going on. Well, you didn't even on. know about My So-Called Life, so... Don't watch it. Yeah, well, you say you like Jared Leto. I like him. And Claire Danes. I like her. But you didn't watch them together. Missed it. <laughs> <laughs> 
just totally missed it. There's going to be things that I miss sometimes. And on that note, I'm glad you guys didn't miss this episode. Hope you learned a lot. No oh, shit. You know what I mean? You learned, uh, we talked about what's going on in the city, right? Yeah. What else we talk about? We Movies. talked about, yeah, we talked about Little Boy, C. Thomas Howell. Gets to know these things, Whoever people. the fuck that is. You're going to Google it. Google I just it. saw his face. I still don't know who he the is. the hell, man? I mean, it's C. Thomas Howell. He was in The Outsiders. You know what I mean? Pony Boy Curtis. You, I, please tell me you've seen The Outsiders. Yes, but I still... Good God. I his IMDb just goes forever. Whatever. Yeah, he was in uh, E.T., The Outsiders. I mean, I here, look. I can just go down. E.T., Outsiders. Then he did he did Red Dawn. He did The Hitcher. He did Soul Man. Yeah, but what oh. kind of roles were they like? Just no, 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 no. He was he was lead man. He was lead. Mm-hmm. In The Outsiders alone, he played Pony Boy Curtis. That's all I need to say. Right. I don't need to say anymore. Relax. But then he was in Red Dawn. So many things. The Hitcher. Soul Man was just great. He played. A, you couldn't even make Soul Man today. You could not even make it. Soul Man to treat to achieve his dream. Of attending Harvard, a pampered teen poses as a young black man to receive a full scholarship. He was in blackface. You couldn't, I don't even think you could, you couldn't even release that today. Mm-mm. Could you? Huh? No, remember there was just like a, a fashion designer that like put something on, like makeup on the face. It would be, there's certain. And it was like, you know, given a hard time about, so I don't think that would go smoothly. Yeah, there are certain movies that you just you couldn't uh, you couldn't do today. Uh, maybe like uh, this. From one. the producers of Pulp Fiction comes one of the most powerful films of the year. Louis Pinnock is a hardworking man struggling to provide for his family. How's my baby girl? But the cards are stacked against him. John Travolta. Oh, it's gonna be better. Barriers still exist. The next time you have something delivered here to the house, could you send someone other than the fellow you sent by today? But in this world, the roles are reversed. White people are genetically inferior. I can't keep you on anymore. Fire me? So when Lewis is unfairly fired from his job... Well, tell him that I, I just lost my job at the factory and I need to, I need to talk to him. It's important. I don't get involved in these matters. He decides to get even the only way he knows how. Oh, I am. This is about this drink is holding out. Now you want to help me. Now I've got a gun. You got all the time in the world. Now put your head on the dance. HBO Home Video presents John Travolta and Harry Belafonte in White Man's Burden. Yeah. Really? That's real? <laughs> white man's burden? They couldn't make that today, I don't think. Yeah, wow. white man's burden. Try making soul soul man. <laughs> try making try making gurgle. <laughs> she laughs every time, people. Every it's time. It's so clear it's with the gurgling. headphones. It's hard. Just <laughs> flim. Just nasty. How did they get away with the shit in real radio? Like, what did they do? They had like salt water or hot tea next to them, scotch (laughs) and cigarettes. You know what I mean? God damn. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely the scotch that smoothed. But yeah, Soul Man, uh, white dude, uppity, prep, 
dressing up in blackface so he can get a job, and then the white man's burden. That that trailer, you don't even need to see it. It just narrated the whole thing to you. So Whereas today's trailers is so filled with visuals. Like when I play them on here, I'm just like, mm. I got a, uh, I got an old. Speaking of that, I got a monitor. Like I have an old monitor for one of my old computers. It's just like a, a flat screen. I'm gonna get a VGA cable. That way, when I pull clips up, you can see. You can set oh. it up. It's just a small one. I think it'll work. I think I just need a, like a VGA adapter for the computer. That way, I can pull it up and we can have a point of reference oh. in the studio. You can educate me yeah. more clearly. Yeah, so she knows see Thomas Howell and. I can you educate like a pointer her. Too. Yeah, yeah, laser pointer. So that's what's <laughs> up, people. So now you got a, a full dose of education on today's show. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, I'll get the uh, I'll get the Google number up soon, or the phone number up. I don't know what it's called. It could be Google. I'm pretty sure it's Google. And that way you can leave messages. Also keep uh, keep up the good work because a lot of people have been reposting uh, the episodes, and that way it makes it around the circuit social media circuit so keep reposting i appreciate that thank you and uh thanks sam riddle uh for calling in sam riddle's twitter handle is at sam riddle you can find him on instagram facebook sam riddle uh political media consultant also a media instructor at wayne county community college uh, in detroit so you can look him up uh, quite the celebrity out there in uh, in, in Michigan. And uh, I'm glad he was able to take time from his busy day of eating noodles to uh, <laughs> join us. And uh, Mariam Tazi, Thank you, as Malcolm. always. That's right. Thanks for uh, giving me uh, giving me your time today. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you to listeners. Until next time, Domino Motherfucker. Many have claimed to attain levels in rhyming, but when I listen to them, I see they're only lying. They're trying, but after some years, if you ain't got it, lay it down, put it down, find a way to try and stop it, or change it, rearrange it, be a producer. Don't touch the microphone because you'll always be the loser. And laugh that smirk, Dawn, you don't belong with those that perform their song on and on and on and on and on. You're less get specific. Dollars for the gifted, poetically uplifted. I speak to you, not at you to attack you. Maybe when I'm through with this rhyme, I'll get a statue. So now I ask you or tell you people literally. When it comes to rock and funky lyrics, you are better than me. Down with BDP, endlessly reciting poetry. Anytime I'm in the street, you hear my voice, you know it's me. KR, nope, I'm not ready to say my name yet. Many say they teach me. They haven't attained yet. What about five five? What about five five five? What about five 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 five? What about five five five? What about five 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 five? What about five five five? What about five 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 five? What about five five five? Run it, son. Plummet, bum. Don't you know that it's KRS One that comes to sing the styles that ain't sung? I rock the party, but oh, gotta run. Only the suckers want a chance at that To see if KRS-One is really all that Instead of a rap, 